Well, originally, I guess we came here on a spiritual journey. You don't love me! Yes, I do! I love you too, but I'm gonna mace you in the face! But that didn't really pan out. I wonder if the three of us could have been friends in real life. Not as brothers, but as people. We are not two, we are one. To be continued. Good evening, everyone. This is Neil Klingerman, and uh, today you're listening to uh, Film Punch, a podcast where we discuss film. Today's film is Darjeeling Limited, a 2000 film by noted director Wes Anderson. Uh, I'd like to go around the room a little bit, have everybody introduce each other, uh, so let's just start. Hi, my name is Angela Shershin. Hi, my name is Helen Leotonko. Hi, my name's Ian Mason. I'm Dave Klingerman. Hi, I'm Raywan Uri. All right, so uh, I want all of us to uh, maybe go around and give sort of their initial thoughts, what they thought about the film, and then we can just kind of take it from there. Oh, I guess I get to start off. So uh, I'm one of the few people in this group that this was actually the first time I saw this movie. And um, one thing, I know there's several aspects to this movie, but one thing I thought was interesting is seeing how they kind of play off of that uh, being a Westerner within India. And I've actually been that Westerner in India and how they take India to be that spiritual journey uh, and a transformative experience. And again, I've seen that, uh, how India can be that platform for people. So it was kind of interesting to see that Westerner experience within India kind of come alive. I don't know if there's any. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is actually my first time seeing this movie, too. Um, I've definitely heard of it over the years, but this is my first time, like, actually getting to watch it. Um, and one, I guess, like, for my initial reaction, I like that it was basically, like, a failed quest, in a way. Um, and at least in terms of them, like, like, their sort of, like, stated goal of going to, like, meet their mom and sort of, like, reconcile with her. I sort of had the feeling that it would end up being sort of, like, a failure in that regard. Um, but that at, like, the same time, it seemed like the real, like, end goal was them, like, at least feeling some sort of, like, renewed kinship with one another, um, and that, at least in that regard, it, they seem to have been successful. Um, it's kind of funny, like, that angle about them being, like, Westerners in India and kind of, like, going through the spiritual journey, because I feel like, in a sense, like, they, even though they did change, I feel like it wasn't necessarily, like, being in this, like, new foreign place that really, like, changed them necessarily. Um, maybe some of the experiences they had there, like, with the kids um, dying. Um, but it wasn't really so much like, oh, they were in India and then, like, they changed just from being in India. It was more like they had to actually, like, go through conflict with one another, regardless of, like, where that conflict was. And then that's what really changed them. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I think this is my second or third time seeing this film. Um, I don't remember if I saw it in theaters in 2007. Um, but I definitely caught it when it came out on DVD. Um, initial reactions and seeing it again, um, I definitely feel like, um, like in the context of his filmography, like this is one of the more um, emotionally raw films of his. Um, I feel like many of his films, there's like individual scenes you can pick out that are. Um, wrenching but there's there's several in this one that throughout the film not just like in one specific place um the other thing is just like i'd really kind of like to go back and 
um, learn more about the making of the film because like the, the the set the whole sort of set of the train is was like fascinating um, I know that kind of comes up in um, uh, like for example Life Aquatic has the whole boat this one has the the, the sort of segue from the individual cars to other um, with each character and that was really fascinating so I'd, I'd love to kind of go back and see um, how that was done and sort of why he did it that way um, that's sort of what stood out for me uh, this was actually my, my second time viewing this film and it, for me it, Wes Anderson's generally fairly sterile so I found this to be more uh, there was more life to this movie than, than many of his other ones at least up to that point um, and I, I really enjoyed that because I, I like Wes Anderson's direction style. I just find him sometimes a little sterile. Um, and the Life Aquatic, in particular, like you know, like Ian was saying, it's very compartmentalized. This one, there was a little bit of that, but you felt you could feel that you were actually in this larger world too. Um, and yeah, it it definitely strikes a chord. Um, very enjoyable film to watch um, repeatedly. Cool. Uh, so, I mean, for me, uh, there were a bunch of things. Uh, like, every time I watch a Wes Anderson film, I, I love the way he designs all his shots. That's just, like, very aesthetically pleasing. But on top of that, like, a couple of things that I liked the most about the movie was that it it was a pretty true representation of India. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I think Helen mentioned, like it was like India wasn't the story, which I think a lot of movies when they're set in a foreign country, like they make that country the story. But this was still about those three brothers, and India was just like the backdrop of where like they were going through all this stuff. So I I, I really like that because they managed to do that. But at the same time, like they were true to that backdrop in so many ways, even in terms of in terms of filmography because like there's a continuous motif through the entire movie where they're like chasing a train and like jumping onto it and there's a slow motion shot like that's a super famous shot that's in all Bollywood movies and so that that's like an homage to that in a way and it's also like it's it it's in a lot of Bollywood movies because it's a representative experience that a lot of people have in India just like with so many people like having to chase things and like schedules not really working the way they do in the Western world, I, 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 that was one thing that really uh, stood out for me. Just to jump really in cool. for a second, the, mm-hmm. the father's a famous <clears throat> Bollywood actor too, correct? The father of the little boy. Who, yes, yes. Yeah, so he's yeah. a famous. So it was nice that they had that. Yeah, link I mean, as well. he's he's actually more famous in the West. Like he's done more more stuff here mm-hmm. in India. He's he's like the like he's not famous in the mainstream, but he's famous yeah. in like. Uh, like the more arty films, but he's mm-hmm. one of the best actors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that is something else that I noticed. Uh, like the soundtrack of the movie has a lot of like Indian music in it, mm-hmm. and uh, I looked closer at some of the songs, and they're like literally like pulled from movies. Like mm-hmm. there's one where the character is going like doo doo, or the singer is going doo 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 like that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually pulled from, like, Hello Bombay, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's making references to all these, like, Indian films throughout mm-hmm. the throughout the decades. So, uh, yeah, I, didn't, you know. I did not, I didn't notice that part, but yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess a good starting point, I guess, for us, because uh, there was a lot of really great things that were brought up uh, there was, uh, 
what do you guys think of uh, India's uh, role in that movie? I mean, uh, as being, you know what I mean, and, and maybe maybe as being a place of spiritual journey or being a uh, sort of a uh, centrifuge that drives the whole film. So, any thoughts? Additional thoughts? I, I like the fact that, like, there was the scene where... Um, the kid like steals Owen Wilson's uh, shoes. Yeah, that's in, you know like anybody that travels. Well, he, like, he steals a shoe. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Shoe. Just one shoe. That shoe is like worth but, one thousand five hundred dollars, right? Right, right. right. By itself, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, it wasn't it like three thousand dollars for that shoe. Three thousand dollar loafers, but yeah. I assume so that's for the pay. And also, there's something else about Wes Anderson films. All of his characters are super bougie. Mm-hmm. Like they're always like very wealthy. Wes Anderson mm-hmm. himself has sort of a wealthy background, so you know, like he went to a preparatory school, not much different than Rushmore for people yeah. who've seen yeah. Rushmore. That's where he met Owen Wilson was in that school, so mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it, what, what was interesting was the temple scenes because they were kind of doing what you would do in a Catholic church, and the rituals are different. So it's fine, you know, when Adrian Brody's doing the sign mm-hmm. of the cross and the <laughs> <laughs> So they, they had sort of taken some of those Indian traditions and modified them. <laughs> well, I think that kind of speaks to a deeper thing that's going on in this film is uh, they're trying to like give themselves a canned spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Like it's not real, and it seems like their entire life is defined by their material possessions. Yeah, exactly, and because that like that's why they have those that huge larger than life size of luggage, right? Like they have like yeah. ten pieces of luggage, <laughs> yeah, and they carry that around with them everywhere and. That's, I think, a key part that India plays in the story is that it's easy for them to do that without having to do it themselves. Yeah. Which, like, in most other parts of the world, it would be really difficult to carry all that luggage around yourself because you'd have to do it yourself. Yeah. But in India, it's like, oh, look, there are, like, five people here to pick up my bags and carry it around with me so I can, I, the three of us can sit on the scooter and just enjoy ourselves. Yeah, yeah, just give them a few rupees. You yeah, know, exactly. They'll be happy, right? Like, so, so it, like, that adds more to the, the canned spiritual journey because in a lot of ways, if you're... If you're wealthy and able to spend money in a country like India, you can have like a canned experience of what you will think is real life. Uh, but I mean, you can go, you can experience it all. It's it's not as safe as an amusement park, but like it it winds up being kind of the same thing. Yeah. So so canned experiences. Now, uh, Ian brought up uh, Wes Anderson. And the way that he sort of constructs dollhouses, for lack of a better term. I mean, he didn't use those exact words. But all of his films are about dollhouses. They're all, like, meticulously planned. Mm-hmm. So. Grand Budapest Hotel, he literally had dollhouses. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys think of, of the train, like, mm-hmm. as, as kind of that, that, that dollhouse for this film, you know? Well, everyone, each compartment had its own life and personality. Mm-hmm. Depending on you know who who was in it, the the one with the three brothers you had uh, Peter and Francis on the one side, and then um, the third brother on the other side, mm-hmm. sort of off by himself. Because mm-hmm. well, Francis told him that he preferred to be alone. He didn't ask him if that was okay. He told <laughs> yeah. him because, <laughs> um, but um, and then you had the the. But, but, but remember, these are brothers, and yeah. you know, yeah, you know, that's true. But, brothers but, know each other pretty that's, well. That's you know, true, but uh, still, Francis was very, very. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do and, it. And, and I'm talking to my brother when I'm saying <laughs> this. So, <laughs> I, 
one thing with this train is it's symbolically showing all the characters starting off in one place and moving towards the other. And you can see that even with the secondary char- characters, yeah. like even the 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 attendant and um, the other gentleman there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the conductor, each, I believe. Right, like all the characters are all going to a different spot in the future, and the moving train is a really nice symbol for that. Mm-hmm. And they tie that back in the end also, right? By yes. showing that those cuts of all of them, what they what they're doing right now on the train, even though the main characters aren't on the train anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was at the end there. I think that was that was like that was like slices of yeah. life throughout people that uh, involved with their. Mm-hmm. Journey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 I, I, I guess, I guess, speaking of journeys, you know, spiritual journey is the big canned spiritual journey is what they wanted, mm-hmm. and and canned spiritual journey. When you think about the metal compartment that a train is that you're taking a journey on, is like kind of a right, right, metaphor right. for for canned spiritual journey. Yeah, yeah, but but once once they leave once they leave that like like mm-hmm. can that physically moving can mm-hmm. they actually go on a real spiritual journey and that's what's yeah. great and they're like oh we failed our spiritual journey it's like every time that they say they fail the spiritual journey mm-hmm. something happens that mm-hmm. propels them further on that like, and, and it's always Owen Wilson that's like saying yeah oh, and you I know. think mm-hmm. I think they finally realized that at the end and that's why they didn't get on the plane. They wanted to continue their their spiritual journey that they've mm-hmm. been having outside of their transportation, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but that and that scene too. Like, I love that scene. Like, that's just like Wes Anderson does stuff like that so often, where it's just like he won't even bother with dialogue of explaining right. why they're going to do something. It's just like mm-hmm. loud noise. It's going to black out everything they're talking about, and you can tell that right. they made a decision. Yeah, you he, don't need to know why. Yeah, but he's showing what happened. He's yeah, not, exactly. not, tell, right. not explaining and, he, and he's doing it in this wonderfully awkward, mm-hmm. uh, funny, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, the, uh, understated kind of way. He's trying to grab <laughs> yep. the ticket. <laughs> right, right, right. So. And then eventually just tears it up. Yeah. Him, yeah. So so yeah, it, it it just is like like that's actually what I really like about this movie is the characters in it actually grow. Like a lot of Wes Anderson's other films, that the characters aren't children, because if they're children, they actually do grow, and he views children I think far more positively than adults in his movies. Uh, but this is one of the few films that he's done where grown guys have actually actually grow throughout the movie. So I didn't know. If anybody wanted to add anything to that, like there's there's an actual like character arc to the three brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, I I thought it was very telling near the end when Owen Wilson gives the two mm-hmm. his two brothers their passports back, where he'd sort of been you know hoarding them mm-hmm. the whole time. Cause I assume because he didn't want them running off. Well, it was a lack of trust. There was a right. lack of trust between the characters, right? And... Between like all three of them, mm-hmm. I actually really like how they established that in like that first mm-hmm. like maybe half hour how. Um, they would just keep showing like different asides that all of the characters were making to each other mm-hmm. um, to sort of just like demonstrate that like these th- three people don't trust each other and they'll mm-hmm. like reveal a little bit here a little bit there but mm-hmm. they're never really communicating and it's not until like they go through this whole journey that at the end they finally start to trust each other yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I, I think that's what's really beautiful about this film because a lot of this film is about running away from things and confronting like your problems and these characters it seems have been running away their whole life mm-hmm. you know and the, the film seems to to draw them together and bring them together well mm-hmm. it, it seemed like the the mom right it seems like their whole family was always <laughs> running away I mean mm-hmm. you could say you could make the argument that even the father dying was escaping 
I mean, going back to what Ian said, the mom literally ran away from right. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next again, day. <laughs> again, she ran away again. Yeah, yeah, but but, but I mean, she didn't attend the funeral. Yeah. And I, I, one of the parallel scenes that I really love is that uh, their spiritual journey begins with a funeral, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I think for for the brothers, it was uh, a means of actually like. Uh, closure for their father's death that they didn't get because they were just jerking around, you know, trying to like get their car and trying to deal with all these crappy material possessions. Well, that, you that's know. why they actually, confronted. Yeah, and sorry uh, to that point. Actually, I just I just remembered this. Like the last scene, the last time they catch the train, they actually throw all their luggage off. Right? Yeah, like, they don't care about it anymore Street when they get on that train. Possession. So then that that's actually their their final arc where they change that like. The same luggage that they've carried around this entire journey through India. Their, their yeah. baggage. Their yeah, literal baggage. And leave it and then and then they're they're renewed. I thought the funeral was kind of like a nice showing the difference between sort of India and we'll use that proxy for Eastern culture versus mm-hmm. Western culture where at the Hindu funeral they're all dressed in white mm-hmm. and then they show them at their father's funeral um, back in New York and they're all dressed in black and mm-hmm. it's interesting how stark the difference is and I mean that's that's the real world yeah. and it's I, I really enjoyed how he just put that juxtaposition just right next to each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well not only that but uh, obvious signs of material wealth the moment you get back to New York mm-hmm. whereas in India they're in a remote village you know and uh, you know it, it, it's people sort of talking past each other about their family and then you know in india even though they can't communicate with each other very easily through language i had a feeling that they still were able to like communicate everything they needed without any sort of language mm-hmm. I mean, you know we could even go back to the funeral so you know part of the hindu con- uh, tradition you're you're burned mm-hmm. um when you die whereas here you get buried with some of your personal possessions. Obviously, you can't get buried with your car, though. If you're wealthy enough, you might be wow. able to. <laughs> <laughs> Just have to have a hole big enough. Right, right. Or a tomb with a garage on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just just get the little tomb garage door. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> so, um, I, get, I guess kind of another thing uh, that I've always noticed about Wes Anderson films are the way in which he uses color and composition. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody wanted to talk any, any, anything about there that. There was a lot of yellow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was you know, representing of the, the desert in India, but that was just something that I had, had picked up on, but I wasn't sure if there was any symbolic mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. to it. So, uh, I mean, like, yellow or, like, saffron is, like, a color that's very closely associated to Hinduism. Okay. Yeah, uh, so, like, I mean, headbands and stuff like that being mm-hmm. that color makes sense. Just in terms of just color overall, like, you're right, Wes Anderson likes to use that a lot in his in his movies, and that's mm-hmm. why I think, like, the backdrop of India just, like, makes it really easy for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, say, in Grand Budapest Hotel, like, it's beautiful, but you can tell that it's all heightened, right? Like, all those colors are heightened from right, what they would right. be in reality. Mm-hmm. That's in... It, stuff's really colorful in India. It's just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, you know, you know, I saw this uh, thing on uh, um, John Oliver where he was talking about the Indian elections. And mm-hmm. they showed footage from all the news channels in India. And it, you know, you think our news looks kind of ridiculous with the ticker on it. Yeah. Th- theirs was just color, color, color everywhere. <laughs> CGI graphics. It was, you know, uh, so I, I'm not surprised, yeah, you know. Yeah. Hmm. You know, so... 
Um, and I, I guess along those points is uh, something I really like about Wes Anderson, but but sort of I think makes him in a way less approachable is how he composes all of his shots. Like all of his shots look like paintings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, you've noticed noticed this looking closely, and this this was really me just talking with a friend of mine who you know studied film, mm-hmm. and like he just paused scenes for me. He's like, look, every single shot, these characters aren't moving like real people. Mm-hmm. They're actually like purposely framing themselves so that they have just the right pose to hit the golden ratio or whatever, you know, mathematical composition yeah. point that they're well, trying to hit. I you noticed know? when Owen Wilson was going up the hill and the train mm-hmm. was in the background, it was a beautiful shot mm-hmm. with the, the blue train set amongst the, you know, the sand. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were several shots like that, where the back of two people's heads, mm-hmm. then the mother's head, like right in the middle. I think he does that best in like like closed confines. Yeah, like when there's just like scenes within the within their train compartment or like from outside looking in. Like there's just like a limited number of shapes in right. the frame that you're seeing, and like that that that's that's what I find really aesthetically pleasing about his movies all the time. Yeah, and and I mean it it really uh goes to show you that I think if he was in if animation were more uh um I I don't know, respected amongst cin- cinema elites, mm-hmm. uh I I could see him being an animator and I mean mm-hmm. I that's why he's done some stop motion movies. Mm-hmm. It's just because he has this this uh uh real interest in highly constructed, mm-hmm. highly Detailed, you know what I mean, meticulously arranged worlds. Mm-hmm. So, but I feel like the like him managing to accomplish that with live action is even more challenging than doing that with uh, with animation. Agreed completely. Agreed completely. So, but sometimes it makes his stories feel unnatural. Hmm. Like like people don't act like this or right. react like this. In <laughs> right. But but at the, at the same time, there is there. It's sort of a double edged sword, and mm-hmm. I, I like. The awkwardness of his movies mm-hmm. also leads to a lot of humor mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. not only are characters not quite looking at each other in a lot of scenes just so that they could hit that like golden ratio or whatever mm-hmm. composition rule he's going for uh, they're also talking past each other you know hi how are you doing today oh uh, mom said this is coming you know mm-hmm. or, or dialogue that's like that that's totally disconnected it's very common yeah. in his films mm-hmm. and or when um uh, Jason Schwartzman just makes the comment out of the blue. I want that steward or stewardess or whatever. You know, there's no context. It's just <laughs> him, like looking at her. And it's like no one hears them either. They just kind of continue on with their conversation. <laughs> so it, when you're watching when you're watching a Wes Anderson film, you're definitely not watching Cinema Verite. <laughs> you're definitely like seeing highly constructed movies. So. But um, I guess I was wondering, like, wh- I know Ian, like, had, you had mentioned something about, like, uh, his films making you un- uncomfortable or having disagreements with some of it. <laughs> what, what's, what's the issue there? I'm, I'm curious. Um, I don't know if, like, maybe others can speak to this, but, like, I don't know if I can articulate the best. It's, it's more like an emotional reaction I have to his films where there's a lot of, like, highs and lows where there's like individual scenes that like I think are are beautiful and emotionally um, connective and then there's other scenes where I'm like I don't know exactly what he was going for there maybe I missed it It, it, maybe it sometimes has more to do with his type of humor like the awkwardness that Mm -hmm. you were referring to 
it's supposed to be awkward and I'm kind of expecting or uh, looking for something else in it other than awkwardness and maybe it's just supposed to be yeah, awkward. Yeah, I, I think that's a combination of what I was talking about with sort of the sterile mm-hmm. and awkwardness of some scenes. It's, it's kind of bewildering on, you know, what exactly was he trying to do there? And I think it's kind of supposed to make you feel uncomfortable because, mm-hmm. I mean, he, you're, you're watching something very intimate sometimes between two characters who aren't talking like you think two characters should be speaking to each other. Well, well, like characters in intimate, constructed scenes not being intimate with each other. Yeah, yeah. So. There's sort of a, a dysfunctional disconnect. Right, right. But but he always finds a way, and I, I, I get baffled by this, he always finds a way to make it funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I Sometimes I don't even understand why I'm laughing in yep. these movies. Mm-hmm. They're just so awkward. Yep. <laughs> I feel like... Um, I mean, there, there were a lot of scenes where they just had uh, a lot of text written in Hindi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like always funny. Sometimes it was just like representative of what the things actually were. But there were a couple of there were a couple of shots that were just off text, and those were all those were jokes. Like I, I mean, I I figured that no one else got that because they can't <laughs> <read> the text. <laughs> Uh, but they're just like small things where I mean when when they were in the train they had like one which said like western toilet <laughs> yeah 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 because there is another kind of toilet that they have in, in parts of India which is literally just like a hole in the ground oh yeah yeah was uh, it like a squat thing yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a squat thing there's no support uh, you're just kind of hovering in the air um, but I mean there's like that there was a whole bunch of other like jokes that would kind of be inside jokes that would require you to either know the language or have some context about Indian cinema like you were talking about like the whistling and 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 that kind of stuff but I I appreciate that he didn't put subtitles when they were Mm -hmm. speaking Mm -hmm. um uh Hindi or um yeah I guess they were speaking Hindi correct yeah yeah yeah. um so I appreciate that they didn't put the subtitles so because then when you're you know I guess from more western frame you're put in their position where you have really no idea yeah. what they're talking mm-hmm. about and you just kind of have to read their body language to mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like that kind of takes away when they do put the subtitles and you're like, why don't they understand this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we don't understand that. Go get them to the uh, 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 funeral or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah I, 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 I thought about that while we were watching the movie as well where like someone said something and I was like oh that's funny and then I looked around and I was like oh no one gets that <laughs> but then I, I, I think he I think he did a good job of I mean like a lot of the times there's like a mini revelation in the dialogue that goes on in another language but then they kind of get to that in like the next four or five seconds in English mm-hmm. uh, with like through the main characters um, so I mean it, it, it comes there it was just like for a second, I was like, wait, should I translate this? Like, does, does this matter? I don't know. Hey, Neil. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I guess, I guess uh, 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 this is sort of a wrap-up. Uh, you know, maybe concluding thoughts, whether you like the movie, how much you like the movie, what, what would, would you recommend it to people, that kind of thing. So, I guess we just go around the circle. If so, I guess I'll just start off. I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of. I just saw it, so I haven't really quite processed it. So I don't really. I like. I guess I didn't outright hate it because I would have a lot of opinions if I did. Um, I don't know. I guess I would have to kind of think about it a little bit more. I didn't. I guess I didn't have a super strong reaction either way. Which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say that I I like the movie. Yeah, and I I would. 
recommend it to people who have experience with his movies before. Mm -hmm. Maybe if there's someone who is like maybe like they haven't watched his movies before, I would caution them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like like people either love or hate Wes Anderson. Yeah, there's no in between. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I do think that it was that it was good. It was interesting. Um, yeah, and I especially like just how it really like focused on these like three characters and their development. Because um, I do feel like with other Wes Anderson movies, sometimes it's telling this sort of like fanciful story, and maybe there is like less focus on like actual like character arcs and character development. So I like that this one was a little different. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say say that I also like the movie. Um, I think that when I initially saw it, I remember reacting more kind of directly to just like the images of the film and like that's sort of what stuck with me um, on my initial viewing but um, just listening to all of you talk about sort of the emotion or the sort of thematic elements of the film uh, especially the part about like running away from their responsibilities like from, uh, with regards to their parents and uh, discarding uh, the baggage at the end of the film I think all of that sort of uh, I have a new appreciation for that so after listening and discussing this with you guys. Um, this is my second time seeing it, but I think I think I enjoyed it even more the second time. Uh, as I've said before, I, I sometimes find his movies to be a little sterile, and this one didn't have that feeling to me. So I think I think I enjoyed it more than some of his other ones, and I've even recommended it to people. Um, as, hey, if you're not a big fan of Wes Anderson, you should check this one out. You might enjoy it a little more. Uh, if they've expressed any interest in, you know, how he frames shots or, you know, anything like that or stories. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. I definitely recommend it, especially for Wes Anderson fans. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm definitely in the love Wes Anderson camp. So I, did, <laughs> I, did, I did like the movie, uh, even though I hadn't, I hadn't seen this one before. Um I think it's also probably more accessible than other Wes Anderson movies, uh, just because like there is more like real emotional reactions in this than say Grand like, like Grand Budapest Hotel. Everything is like they're like cartoons. In, yeah. in the real world like, for some reason. Right? I mean, there's a little Indian boy playing a Western man. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's it's all really confusing. So like I can see how some people would just be jarred by that. So that way I feel like. The characters are like like they seem more real and they're more accessible in this yeah. movie than in a lot of his other movies. So, like that's one thing. But yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel, in my opinion, was like Wes Anderson the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most Wes Anderson Wes right, Anderson exactly. movie that ever Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but on that note, this is actually my favorite Wes Anderson yeah. film, and uh, I think part of it may have to do with the fact that I love traveling. Uh, part of it has to do with I really love the like Indian music that's used in it, uh, which, as I understand, is from other films. I found myself humming some of the stuff, you know, afterwards after watching this and just imagining myself going on a train through the Himalayas on a spiritual journey. Um, and uh, what I also really love is that, yeah, these characters actually like grow out of their dysfunction, and I, I appreciate that because a lot of Wes Anderson characters just wallow in it and. They become, like, every character in his films are unlikable, but he's self-conscious about, you know, doing unlikable characters. These characters are unlikable, but they sort of redeem themselves, and I, I really appreciate that. And it was done in a very thoughtful, mature, and elegant way. So, highly, highly recommended. I'd recommend it to everybody, even people who are a little on the fence about Wes Anderson, which 
Not so many people like that, but if they do exist, <laughs> I recommend this movie to them. So, all right, so uh, that's it for this film punch. Uh, join us again when we talk about another movie. Good night. Thank you.